Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton, and we are men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men. We love movies. We love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. Sean, who'd you pick out for us this time? Oh, I picked out my favorite film of last year. Uh, it's this little movie. It won an award or two. Um, you know, or all. <laughs> um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Michelle Yeoh's magnum opus. Well, yes, yes, she did. Masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> yes, you do. So, why did you pick it? Um, I just really wanted to talk about it. Um, you were not a huge fan the first. Well, I mean, uh, you were a fan. You just didn't. I don't know. I think it. Hit I'll clarify. I'll than clarify. It. Yeah, I was gonna say you. It didn't hit you like it hit me, and I have been wanting to talk about it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> I have a podcast. I'm gonna do so. I know. I've been dreading talking about this, not because I think it's a bad movie. It's wonderful, but it just uh, doesn't always connect with me on the strongest level. Um, I don't have any siblings. I don't have kids. My relationship with my parents is pretty okay. Um, So a lot of this is just, I don't know. Um, But it is wonderful. So we're going to talk about it. And uh, we got some help. Returning guest Russell Garrett, hopping over from the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network, is here to talk about this one. And he actually knew what movie it was this time. Thank you for coming, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to ask. I did. I did not confuse this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was really like, oh, what the hell could this one? Like, what could you mix this up with? And I think the answer is nothing. (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of like a movie all on its own. So why'd you pick this one, Russell? I know this was one you actually had seen, unlike the other two. Yeah, so when the trailer came out, I was super interested in seeing it. And then when I watched it, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Uh, It was so much more that I was expecting. And I just, uh, A, I just connect with the movie on, on a very certain level. And then it's just, I, it's just so wonderful in the most ridiculous way. I absolutely agree with all of that. (laughs) This movie, I mean, it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it really is. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, Yeah, but that's like that's what makes it so good, and like that's what made me dread covering it. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna talk for seven hours. (laughs) And like, I went and saw this on a day that I went and saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and then I went and saw this, which thank God I did it that way because. Like, Doctor Strange was good, but this is, like, this is fantastic. Like, there's so much heart to this movie that I just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so good. And I, I cannot come out of this movie. I have watched this probably seven times, eight times since last year. And I cry every time. And I yes, can't you even, do. Like, and I always I, make fun of you for <laughs> yeah. it. And, like, it's not even just, like like i'll do like small tears when like we'll get to the line but like you know the line that wayman has and then like the end like just oh i cry every time sorry we'll get into that later but i just i love this movie so much so i 
I'm pretty sure it was. Didn't I go see this on one of those days? I saw like three movies at the same time. I feel like I saw this the day I saw um, The Northman and The Lost City with Sandy Bullock. Yeah, I think, I think so. that was the day I did that one. <laughs> what a weird combo. It was a long day. <laughs> The Northman itself is like two and a half hours. This is two hours. Yeah, the the Lost then, City was what I finished on, thank God. Um, but yeah, this and the Northman are both very long, and just a sensory overload. So, Sandy Bullock's little rom com adventure was a nice little capper to that day. But that was a very long day at the theater. <laughs> yeah, I just so would you guys recommend this? I mean, oh, totally. I, pretty... I mean, I mean, Mitchell watched this and he hates subtitles. There's... <laughs> he thought like... it was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Mitchell. <laughs> what about you, Russell? I think yeah, I, I would... already understand your answer. But... <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend this. Uh, I mean, it's got to be the right person, but I would still tell everyone to watch this movie. I would think this is a movie everybody should watch once before they die. Oh yeah. I mean, 100%. if for nothing else, at one best picture, you should always watch the best picture just to see, you know, it's a nice little time capsule. It is. And and even then, I feel like this movie is really timeless. Like it's not just Oh, not I time think, capsule uh, of like the culture just like of like, no, oh, that's the year I, that one. No, I know. I I always just think like one of the things I love about this movie is like it like the effects are fantastic in it. It's amazing. But, like, the heart of the story is the family and, like, the relationship between Evelyn and Joy. And well, you're so sentimental, Sean. It's so cute. I am. Shut up. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it is. It's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I know we'll get into it later. But, yes, this this movie is just so good. It is an absolute classic. And, like, it will be in the Library of Congress. I fully believe that. They're starting to add podcasts to the Library of Congress. Maybe one day we'll be in there. Just saying. Oh my god. <laughs> New goal in life. <laughs> really, it's a thing I saw. I was reading about it the other day. <laughs> oh, so we have a goal. Got it. Understood. <laughs> uh, do you want to kind of get into the little bit of the production of the movie? Uh, yes, let's get into this because it's a lot. Every <laughs> Everything, you might say. Is it everything? Is it everywhere? Is it all at all, once? All at once, yeah. <laughs> Ideally, uh, when you're listening to this podcast, you can just absorb it, you know, in one second and just experience all of it. With a time, with a, like, Bluetooth headset that everyone yeah. seems to have. <laughs> yeah, was, if I had had one, one of those, two, if I could have experienced like, multiple things today, it would have been great. I could have watched Yellow Jackets, watched this, watched Succession. I could have just, like done it all at the same time it would have been great if only i had like three universes where i was doing different things alas yeah. that was not the case so succession had to wait oh no i know it's already out <laughs> it's on its last season i know oh, no. two episodes left oh my god what are you gonna do you're gonna I'm miss gonna... this week's episode i am not i am going to be day. caught up by sunday night I will. <laughs> Mitchell might have to watch a couple episodes with me on Sunday because that's when we're hanging out. But if that's what I got to do to be caught up, that's what I got to do. You're going to start up in the middle of that show? You're a monster. Oh, they're so, so entertaining. I'm pretty sure you could just jump in anywhere and you might not appreciate it all, but it would still be an entertaining hour of television. 
All right. Well, back to this movie. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> uh, production. Uh, this was directed by Daniels, which is multiple Daniels. We've got it is. Daniel Kwan and Daniel. It's either Skyner or Shiner. Um, and then written by them as well. And then it also written by. Oh, my gosh. Why does my computer have to do this sometimes? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, you know what other movie where... they did, Sean? Did you ever see that one? Oh, Swiss Army Man? Yeah. The one where Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is a corpse that, like, farts and shit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is the one. <laughs> yeah. I did see that movie. Um, it is it's so cute. absurd. It's Yeah, it's kind of cute. I, I don't know. It's, it's so... the most precious story about a farting corpse you'll ever see. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it probably is the most touching story about a party corpse. Did you see that one, Russell? Yeah, I did see that. I figured you had. <laughs> that was interesting. It feels yeah. like it feels like they they very much have like have a very cornered marker on absurdism, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was written by the Daniels. Um, they cinematography was by larkin siple uh edited by paul rogers and music by sun lux which this is their first feature film oh they Uh, did a good job on that score mm -hmm. um the script was originally written for jackie chan yep he turned it down ha ha and they well they actually re and they reimagined it as a woman and actually planned for michelle Yeo in the role who and they also originally named the character of Evelyn as Michelle Wang, and she, Michelle Yeoh vetoed it because she likes her characters to not be her. She likes to tell the stories of the characters themselves, which I think is a really good way of doing it. I I, love I would the hate idea. playing a character named myself. That would just be confusing. Yeah, it would just be weird. And she, uh, Michelle Yeoh actually quoted: "She said that Evelyn deserves her own story to be told." Um, this is a very ordinary mother and housewife who is trying her best to be a good mother to her daughter, a good daughter to her father, and a wife that's trying to keep the family together. I don't like to integrate me, Michelle Yeoh, into the into the characters I play because they all deserve their own journey and their stories to be told. And I agree with that entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquafina was actually originally cast to be Joy. I which hate it. <laughs> I like Aquafina a lot. I. <laughs> I think she's fun, but I don't. I like her when she's I, utilized correctly, and this was not a would not have been it. No, I don't think she. I don't think this one would have worked for. Her. I think Stephanie Shu deserved the Oscar, in my opinion. I know. Oh, a hundred percent. I had that thought. Love, I don't think. I don't think I wrote it down in the notes, but when I was watching it multiple times, I was like, <sighs> "Wrong choice, like, Academy." I, well, they had to give their nepotism maybe one. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I like, do too. She's fantastic not... in it. But still, yeah, Stephanie like, She was uh, much better. Yeah, Stephanie She definitely did. She crushed it. Like, she, I don't know. She just, she provides so much acting to this movie. Um, and then Kihua Kwan, who plays the husband Waymond. Also, have you ever heard of anyone named Waymond? Not Raymond, <laughs> Waymond. <laughs> yes, I actually did not know it was Waymond until watching it this time because when I'm watching stuff to take notes, I try. I always put the subtitles on um, just to make sure I catch everything. And I saw his... Um, what is my computer doing? His wascally wabbit name of Oh, Waymond. yeah, I saw uh, the sub- <laughs> my computer like did something weird. Um, 
when I saw his name come up spelled Waymond, I was like, oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I know my computer is not going to restart in two minutes because that would be catastrophic. Well, then me and Russell would just have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoy starting a new podcast, Russell, because we're doing it. Oh, man. I changed it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I could go watch Succession. You guys are good? Cool. Good movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dude, it will be there in an hour. <laughs> That's so cute. It's you think we'll be able to see through this up. in an hour? It'll well, not, two hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. H- HBO will still be alive at that time. And if it's not, I'm sorry. I'll buy it for you on DVD. Yeah, I was going to say, if HBO goes away, I'm going to be so mad. Although HBO actually technically is kind of going away because now it's just going to be called Max because that's so much better. Okay. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> that's because of the discovery thing. But we're not going to talk about that. That just pisses me off. Just wanted to throw and it out I there because it's this annoying. Movie. <laughs> uh, but Ki Hoi Kwan had retired from acting in 2002 due to lack of, of casting opportunities. And uh, Kwan and Skyner, or Shiner, I'll be honest. I, I think it's Shine. Shine. Shinerd uh, saw a meme of former New York mayor, mayoral candidate. Andrew Yang as short round and were curious as to what Quan was doing. Um, and Jeff Cohen, who plays Chunk in the Goonies, is actually he was Kihoi Quan's attorney to negotiate his contract. That's random. Well, Kihoi, uh, I was going to say Jeff Cohen is no longer an actor. He's uh, I've never boy. seen Goonies, so I was just smiling and nodding. I will get on it at some point. I promise everyone. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to add that to the podcast, too. What do you think of the Goonies, Goonies, Russell? I actually don't care for the Goonies a whole lot. <laughs> oh, OK. I was going to say it's very 80s. <laughs> yeah. And it has its moments. There are some things that I don't love about it, but I find it fun. Yeah, I'd rather watch Stand By Me. Oh, Stand By Me is so good. So, uh, Russell, would Stand By Me be the movie you watched if you were on your last day before you were turned into an animal, as in the lobster? (laughs) A girl literally picks that in the movie. (laughs) I want to watch the film Stand By Me. Uh, Oh, oh my God. I would watch Beauty and the Beast one last time, personally. Why are we Yorgos Lanthimosing? Because uh, he's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> back to Everything Everywhere. Chunk from Goonies. We went Got the it. wrong way for the <laughs> absurdity, guys. We went the wrong absurdist way. We went for existentialist dread as opposed to existentialist happiness. <laughs> and I find that hilarious. Um, and also, the, you know the scene where there are rocks? Mm-hmm. my uh, favorite scene of the movie yes i am I, yeah i know it's one of my favorites too <laughs> yeah uh i that was originally supposed to have dialogue like the oh, dialogue i'm so that glad it didn't and michelle yo is the one who suggested that it not be completely silent it's amazing and i had that as a background on facebook and twitter for a long time just the two rocks ha 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 ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's the back it's one of the backgrounds on my phone <laughs> oh, that's pretty great I have one that changes the background so it'll pop up every randomly and I'll be like <laughs> right now I have mine set to change every single hour among movie posters it's quite fun oh mine changes every time you change like you go back to the desktop but yeah mine does that too and finally the googly eye was the exact opposite of the everything bagel white on the outside and black in the middle 
um, which is supposed to be Joy and Wayman's two different differing views on existence, with Wayman looking at the light and and Joy looking at the dark. I like Joy. I get it. I know you do. It's because you're a lot <laughs> like her. <laughs> uh, how'd this movie do with the Oscars, Sean? Nominated for 11 and won 7, including... It won Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role for Kei Hui Kwan. Editing, which is the one that I'm like, yeah, if this movie didn't get editing, I would riot because holy shit. One for editing, one for, um, was a nominee for the music, did not win. Nominee for original song, didn't win. Nominee for poor Stephanie Shi, who should have won and did not win. And uh, it also was nominated for costume design, which it didn't win. And the other ones that it did win were screenplay, best picture, director, best actress, and best supporting actress for Michelle and Jamie Lee. It did all right. It did very well. Um, and it's one of the most awarded movies ever, actually. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Also, I was I'm very, very sad surprised that night. I'm very, very sad that they didn't win costume design because the fact that she, her hair spells out Jobu on her forehead at the end, <laughs> I was like, this is genius. Well, that wouldn't be costume design. That would have been like hair and makeup. Yeah, still. Two enough. different awards. But right. yeah, that would have get nominated last... for, which is sad. Her... Like, she has a bagel on her in her hair. Like, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, like, ugh. And also, the Elvis outfit with the pig. Uh, that was great. <laughs> I love baby little pigs. They're so cute. Uh, to talk a little bit about the cast, we've kind of gone through them because they all, most of them won awards. Um, Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn Wang. Ki Hui Kwan as Waymond Wang. Waymond Wang. Waymond Wayman Wang. <laughs> That's... A, <laughs> sorry, I'm about to get caught in a loop. Uh... Stephanie Shu as Joy Wang or Jobu Tubaki. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Deirdre Bobeirdre. Is that uh, literally her last name in the movie? Yeah, it's Bobeirdre. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> James Hong as Gong Gong. Gong Gong. Alpha Gong Gong. Uh, Jenny Slate as Debbie the Dog Mom, whose original name was Big Nose until they removed, changed it to Debbie um, to avoid the negative jewish connotations even though they left the you know bit in the movie yeah well i mean i just love the fact that she like kicks her pomeranian into a weapon oh it's so funny <laughs> it's like, but then she cares so much like when it gets locked that's the, the biggest laugh for me of the entire one <laughs> she's just like johnny and I'm like, you just kicked it at her. <laughs> like, I just love when she sna- when she snips it with the scissors and it just goes flying off in the background of the room. Great. It never comes back. She comes to the party later, but she does. I don't remember <laughs> if she had the dog or not. I think the dog might be dead. <laughs> uh, I think the dog was like alternate universe because the version at the party was the one that had gone home, I believe. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Um, we've got Harry Shum Jr. as Chad, the one who was controlled by Rakakuni. Yes. yes. <laughs> also, Rakakuni. I love Rakakuni. <laughs> That's pretty great. Hysterical joke. And also, I think who is really good as well, Tally Medell as Becky, who is uh, Joy's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 
her special friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just, I always think at the end and that little moment where like right after Evelyn has introduced Becky as Joy's girlfriend and Joy has stormed off and he, Gong Gong just looks at her and he's like, girlfriend. And then like Tally Vidal, like Becky's just like, what did he say? Like, oh, it's just so cute. Like, I, I remember watching that and I cried more. Oh, my uh, God, Sean. <laughs> it's so sweet. Shut the fuck up. Gross. Get out of here. I have three-fifths of a heart, okay? And apparently it's all for this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you ready to get kind of into the movie part and movie itself? Yes. Alright, let's get into the intergenerational trauma. Yeah. Woo! Um, and I mean, I don't really think we should go into this, like, beat for beat. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> I was um, like, I'll just <laughs> take a thorough note and see what he wants to do with it, and I'll just follow along. If he wants this... to go through, I will. I'll get a migraine, but yeah. sure. <laughs> No, there's no way we're going to be able to do this. Um, let's just kind of go. We'll go through highlights, <laughs> highlights. And uh, I, I really what I really wanted to talk about was like just the well, the different themes of this, really. Um, I mean, there's so many there's so many different themes to this movie. It it deals in everything from nihilism to absurdism. Yeah, nihilism. I know that's your favorite part. <laughs> I literally was watching this today or today while I was driving to work and then I was driving home from work and I was like, oh, God, I'm so much like Waymond. And then I was watching. And I was like, oh, no, Clayton's so much like Jobu. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> I have I have a story about how much like Jobu I am. And also, that's why I'm so excited for next week, because talk about nihilistic. What are we talking about nihilistic? Uh, oh, uh, if you don't remember what we're covering next week, uh, I'll let you know at the end. But um, American remake of a German film, shot for shot, same oh, director. Yeah, I that movie. Now. Never mind. Got it. Remember. Slightly nihilistic. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a nihilistic movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those are those are the main things I really wanted to talk about. Is I love this movie so much, and I love everything it says and deals with, and it's just it's just so much fun like it it's giving you i don't know it gives me all the feels while i'm still having fun watching it so uh, all right if we're gonna do these beats which one do you want to cover first trauma nihilism or absurdist (laughs) let's start heavy all right so nihilism it is (laughs) (laughs) although i mean for some people the generational trauma would be worse Mm-hmm. I just like that's the one that I'm like can't relate. So, uh, um, yeah, start us out, Sean. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, one of the things I love about this movie is the fact that like, and it's very much like how the ending goes. It's like if everything matters, if everything doesn't matter, then everything matters. But also, if everything matters, everything doesn't matter at the same time. And I think that's incredibly important. But it's and it's fun because you can take that in two in two completely different ways. I mean, if <laughs> which way do you think I take it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you are a glass half empty person. Um, 
very much a glass half empty person and i'm a glass half full what about you russell are you a glass half empty or a glass half full can i take uh, a guess that russell's uh, this glass is piss <laughs> 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 so you're a realist got it <laughs> i'm usually pretty optimistic i don't know it's just for me optimism like it's not just who i am it's like I don't know. I even if I get disappointed, I still hope for something great afterwards. And I know for yeah. a lot of people that's not feasible. Sometimes just the the idea of of it of something not working is harder than having it actually not work. Can I point and... something out? Sure, go ahead. So you're an optimist, and people let you down all the time. I always expect everything to go wrong, so I go through life really pleasantly surprised. Honestly, which one's better? I don't know. No, I, I'm also an optimistic realist because I know everyone's gonna let me down. Like I have high expectations of people, and like I know that's wrong because people are people. But like, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's because I hold myself to a higher standard. I hold others to a higher standard too, uh, at times. And like I, I don't know. I I've. I've learned to accept that people are people and no one's ever going to be, no one's ever perfect. Like I'm not perfect. And that's something that's, I'm still fighting every day. Like, because I'm a perfectionist and it's horrible. Exhausting. It's exhausting. Oh my God. <laughs> so exhausting. And like, I beat myself up over like the little things, but like, I like to find the joy in it as opposed to like the darkness of it. And I, and I agree with you. I do. You are pleasantly surprised. That's only because you never allow yourself to become <laughs> like, you never look <laughs> forward to it. So like, <laughs> you're like, you're I'm depressed, like, Sean, leave me alone. <laughs> well, so am I. <laughs> Honestly, who isn't depressed these days? Do you it know is... anyone who isn't depressed? Uh, I don't. <laughs> i mean maybe I, mitchell but he also like has the emotional abilities of a lizard so yeah i was gonna say <clears throat> thank goodness he doesn't listen to this Woo! <laughs> i'm telling it's him. fine i would tell him that to his face i have said that to him to his uh, face you have the emotional range of a carrot uh, <laughs> no he's he does not Maybe a piece of lettuce. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> a little kidding. harsh scratch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's that's rude. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think on the nihilistic themes? Russell I'll chime in after Russell. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the movie does a good job balancing like both perspectives of whether or not something matters and or whether or not it should matter. Um, it's like the movie takes into consideration, like you said, that if, if if nothing matters, then I mean, in turn, everything would matter. So it, but the balance I think is the key part. And you know, with talking about you know nihilism versus uh, optimism, it's you know you have both. Like you you can't have one without the other. So like that's actually the thing I love about the movie is that it doesn't it itself doesn't fall down one or one hole or the other it manages to play both sides throughout the movie 
and I think it I think it does that really well. It does. It juggles them excellently. It's like yin and yang. Exactly Sorry. like yin and yang show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hot takes all around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, exhausted. Uh, Joe, my, judge me. <laughs> my whole thing with uh, so this movie, one aspect does ring very true to me. Just every single sentence that was to the effect of nothing matters. That's why I can't do hallucinogen anymore because one time I was on shrooms and I came to that conclusion that nothing matters. You know, everybody else would get like these amazing enlightened things that made them really positive about life and i'm like nothing matters even if you're president and however long you know nobody's gonna remember it's all gonna be gone nothing matters and if they're that unimportant then nothing we do matters for shit and it was really depressing and yeah i was like i can't do shrooms anymore i might like slit my own throat or something and so i haven't done them since but I did come to that incredible clarity at one point on shrooms. And so uh, when that sentence came up in the movie, I'm like, uh-huh, I get it, Joe Boo. <laughs> I think you didn't do enough. So you do more. Uh, I, I did a lot. And then <laughs> but you got you to cross the precipice, right? Because like the thing is, and I think could one be. of the points I could have of the ju- movie, I should have just done more. I, I think one of the points of the movie is that like, yeah, in, in, in the long term, in the long run, like, like most of what everyone does isn't going to matter. But like, what does matter? Nothing is like anyone the right does here. is ever going to matter. Eternity is so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the 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 point and the perspective I think the movie wants to get across is like, right here, right now, what you do, what you say, does matter. The specks of moment. little moments. Yeah. The yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and well, I know. That sounds like a bad trip. Um, uh, I was pretty zen about it, but it, it, I love it was how, like, uh, whoa. I, love how I was glad that this movie like, articulated that. These trees are that. beautiful, and you're just like, their existence is beautiful. <laughs> yes. My mind goes to dark places, you know? <laughs> look at the butterflies, man. They look great. <laughs> have you looked at your life because but i mean like you know the first time of that you could sit there and like look look outside your apartment and the trees like branches were like moving like snakes but not in a bad way it just was super cool but then you know existential dread the the snow is breathing yeah (laughs) exactly it melts Yeah, I was not uh, expecting this, but I'm so Midsummer and everything everywhere, <laughs> I truly love, and along with Jackie Brown, for realistically realizing weed, shrooms, existential dread. They just bring it to vivid life, and I appreciate that. Thanks, oh. A24. When her hand, like, grow, the gr- grass grows out of her hand in Midsummer. Like, yeah. I was, I <laughs> Everyone was lay like, down. Oh, that's what that's No like. new people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. God, uh, that movie's so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, we're we're probably gonna have to talk about that one too. At some point, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh I mean do you guys have anything more on Nylon? 
I guess we can kind of move on to the intergenerational trauma. I don't have to talk more about nihilism. I got it out. I got to tell my shroom story. You know. <laughs> that is true. You, you put everything on a bagel. Good times. <sighs> you put everything on a bagel. Also, the amount of everything, everything bagels are good. <laughs> oh yeah, they're delicious. With with cream cheese. Mm. You know, all your hopes and dreams. Everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Also, I really wish it still looked like a bagel, though. Like, I, I understand, like, the whole, like, I, I understand the, uh, the symbolism. But I was also just like, I wish it still had, like, bagel-y. <laughs> like, it was, like, look like a bagel. Just, like, full I mean, on, if everything's like, on a bagel, you wouldn't still see the bagel. Full on Einstein's bagel. <sighs> or Einstein Brothers bagel. I might have to eat a bagel after this. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> I kept thinking about it during the movie. Every time I show the bagel and then talk about the bagel and I'm just like, I want a bagel. <laughs> I love bagels. With peanut butter, not cream cheese. What is this fucking magic? Sean, I am lactose intolerant and cream cheese makes me very sick. So <laughs> Put some peanut jam butter. on it, asshole. But peanut butter on oh. an everything bagel? Yeah. Maybe not an everything bagel, but... um. Oh. Okay. And not blueberry. It's weird on blueberry, but uh, otherwise, yeah. Okay. That made more sense. But I was like, on an everything. It's better than that sandwich that they ate in Yellow Jacket. That was a fucking abomination. You do not make a lunch meat sandwich (laughs) on raisin bread. I'm sorry. It's just no, 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 Shauna and Jeff. It makes me really upset. (laughs) Oh, what gave us that idea? Like, Russell, how do the... you feel? Would you ever make a lunch meat sandwich on raisin bread? Not toasted, just, you know, raisin bread as a loaf of bread. Lunch meat, mayonnaise, mustard, cheese. A, I don't put mayonnaise on anything. Uh, B, I don't put mustard on anything. I mean, and I C... don't put mustard on anything, but I'm just like, uh, you know, that type of sandwich, but on raisin no, bread. No, that's fucking gross. Exactly. <laughs> You know, the cannibalism isn't the nasty shit on Yellow Jackets. It's stuff like that. Anyway, everything everywhere all at once. Intergenerational trauma. Welcome to growing <laughs> up poor in the Midwest. Ah! <laughs> you eat what you got. And like they say, it was on sale. It was on uh, sale, but no inter- excuse. <laughs> intergenerational trauma. Um, I mean, so ugh, this one's so hard to talk about. Like, I mean, you're gonna have to carry this one. I, I I can appreciate it from a storytelling perspective, but the emotion and stuff with it, I'm like, sure. <laughs> That's a very Mitchell reaction. <laughs> oh, wow. We are around you're, each other a lot. You're emo- <laughs> There's emotion here. I I think I feel uncomfortable. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like Jane Krakowski in Chicago, like. <laughs> Ooh, are you being emotional? I feel like I should say something comforting. Accurate. <laughs> I love how you manage to work in whatever TV shows you're watching at the time into every episode. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day when we listen to these back in 50 years, we're going to be all like, you're going to be all like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about Chicago. Yeah. You're old and gray and you'll be all like, Jane Krakowski. <laughs> <laughs> those legs that's a name i haven't heard in 60 years you're not uh, I, 
Not that I think you're going to make it that far. I don't yeah, think. I'm like, if I'm still alive at 94, someone please put me out of my misery. Yeah, I was going to say, you would not, you would have walked into the ocean. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I fully believe that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, back to intergenerational trauma. Um, one of the things I love about this movie is, uh, I mean, by the time we've reached the end, like, you really realize how much, how where evelyn is coming from from a lot of it because and i won't say like i don't i'm not of an asian background but i do come from a background of like where like i was expected a lot of and that's because i was intelligent and i had such high expectations of like myself and everyone had high expectations of me that like at times I still feel like a failure and I'm, I mean, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm there. Like nothing matters, but if nothing matters, but like, but if, but if nothing matters, everything matters. And so like, for me, I, one of the things I love about this movie is just how much, like how much of myself i see i have i feel like i really relate to like wayman's point of view but i feel like joy and i think that's so important because i i think joy is finding who she is and i that's something i still feel like i'm doing i'm still learning who i am as a person and like who i want to be and what i want to do and it, these are all questions I still don't know the answers to, and I don't know if I ever will, but I think I'm trying to learn to enjoy the journey as opposed to just being like so focused on my end goal or a goal or any goal. Any goal I mean, as a whole. In another universe, you probably right. took a different, you know, class in high school and now you're an action movie star. So somewhere it happened. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about this movie is, oh my god, I've said that like six times. Sorry, I'm tired, and my brain is not, it's not allowing me to use my thesaurus of brain. This movie is also like such a mental overload. That is one thing during it. Like, this movie's amazing, but it's just a lot. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things happening. It's just exhausting. And I don't know if I would have cut it down any. I mean, it's kind of long, but it's just like, there's so much happening at such a sustained pace. It's just like, oof well but that's that's what makes this movie so great is the fact that it is everything like it delivers legitimately on the words it gives you everything everywhere Mm -hmm. all at once and i this movie is you are right it is a uh it is a assault on the senses but like in the best way possible like there's never there's not a frame in this movie that isn't absolutely gorgeous like it's shot so well and edited so well and it just like i said it brings all of its themes together incredibly well like this is one of those movies that really it it really ties all of every end it has it ties them up in a in a you know like in as neat a bow as you can for a movie about a multiverse <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah so i mean that's that was where i was feeling on the intergenerational trauma like I really do like 
relate to joy and understand her like feeling of just i don't know she's she just feels hopeless at times and like lost and i understand those feels she's bad at everything so she's capable of anything right same Mm -hmm. with her mother like and i just her relationship with her mom also reminds me a lot of my dad and I like my I I love my dad. I do. And I like him as a person for the most part. I find him annoying <laughs> shit. But like <laughs> But like he's very much like we have a relationship that's very like we're very similar. And so because we we're so similar to each other, we blow up at each other a lot because we just don't understand where like we we can't see past our own like sometimes I just can't see past my own my own face like i i cannot or i will not i'm too stubborn i i just i like when it comes to him i won't think of anyone else anyone else i'll say when if you, you need jobu to come explain to you the meaning of the word can't because uh <laughs> also i feel so bad for the guy that gets turned into confetti like he's just straight up murked in this movie i think he's the only person who like other than the people pulled into the everything bagel of doom and who actually like dies in this movie the cop that gets danced to death into a hail of bullets or you know the evelyn that her brain explodes or oh good point yeah those i mean but like yeah i just so could you imagine being turned into confetti and then (laughs) like that sounds awful would you rather get beat to death by dildos yes i think I don't know. He also vomited the confetti. That just yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think I'd rather have the being painted up by dildos. Eventually, you just stop feeling. Like, but if you're turned into confetti, would you feel all of it? Is your like? Do you feel yourself become confetti, or are you just confetti? Either way, I think I'm. These terrified. are questions I've never contemplated. These are questions I always contemplate every time I watch this movie because my problem is also I tend to overthink. And whenever I watch a movie, I tend to overanalyze. In this movie, I have to turn my brain off because anything involving either time travel or multiversal things just make my brain want to explode. And Wibbly it can be a drastic headache. Yeah, Doctor Who's going to be fun um, <laughs> to just to go with it. Have you not watched Doctor Who yet? No, um, <laughs> but I he have a couple it. seasons from the library that as soon as I finish Succession, I'm jumping into Doctor Who um, and Harada, who we talked to a couple weeks ago, finally explained how I could get into Doctor Who in an accessible way because I always thought it just seemed overwhelming because I'm like, I can't start at the beginning and watch it all. I'll be 107 before I get halfway through. No, you just start at the 2005 stuff. Uh, she told me to just pick whoever the doctor is that I like the most. Start with them to get a handle on who the doctor is and what he's about, and then go back and start with you know the new doctors after the you know eighteen year break that they had and watch them. Oh, that's not. I mean, so that, yeah, go I don't... back to Christopher Eccleston. Well, I okay. So <laughs> I, the two yeah. seasons I got, I got Christopher Eccleston's first season and um, okay. Matt Smith's first season, I believe. 
that's the so if you start with Eccleston, that's the that's like the 2005 and on stuff. Yeah. I don't recommend watching anything before 2005. Like props. Yeah, well, because that it was already. Around, I just like after like, I talk to her, I'm like, ugh. I'm just gonna push that away and pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's cool lore. So it's like lore in in the new stuff. Like it is like they pull stuff from the from back then, but it's like it's like lore. So you know it existed, and like they play on that a lot. We will get off on. I will talk about this for several hours if we start talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> okay, like table Doctor Who, one of my favorite. But properties. as I'm watching through it, I will keep you as okay. I'm going to talk to you about it. Yes, hit me up, message me about it. I love will Doctor do. Who because I like to talk about things that I'm um, into. Clearly, why I have a podcast. <laughs> you love that saying that. I love it. I do. I do love <laughs> saying it. I was like, uh, whatever Clayton's feeling, feeling a little extra. He's just like, I have a podcast. I know. It makes us so cool. Do you feel super cool, Russell, that you have a podcast? Yeah. (laughs) We're so lame. (laughs) You know what? Like 45 people listen to us. What? (laughs) (laughs) More than that. Well, (laughs) It is more than that. It's like 50. It is. It is more than that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, I mean, we kind of circled around back to it, I guess. But uh, that was my intergenerational trauma. I hope yeah, you enjoyed we it. Yeah, rode the bagel around. Back to intergenerational uh, what trauma. What do you guys think on the intergenerational trauma? Intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma, intergenerational trauma, intergenerational trauma, intergenerational trauma, intergenerational trauma. Yeah, I know those that uh, the word generation, <laughs> intergenerational, generational, intergenerational. Now, now add interdimensional, inter- intergenerational trauma. Uh, oh my god, you can't even say it straight. Inter- what was the word? Interdimensional? Interdimensional. Inter- inter- <laughs> yeah, inter- interdimensional intergenerational trauma. Interdimensional intergenerational trauma. Interdimensional oh intergenerational trauma. <laughs> really, really going inter- for it. Okay. Interdimensional. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, ha- I had it. Inter- interdimensional intergenerational trauma. Interdimensional intergenerational. Damn it, I lost it. I had it. We're trying it again at the end. I'm we so almost have a out. Beastie Boys song. <laughs> Oh my god, we really did, didn't we? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, so, did you Russell, guys go... thoughts on intergenerational trauma? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that kind of like hits a spot at home. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's I, it's okay. Um, like, so so growing up in, in my household was, was interesting, to say the least. I, I still remember being a small child and like at the time having a lot of like having all of three out of four of my grandparents um and so being like five and six years old uh it was it was weird and then like after a couple of them had passed away uh like still seeing how like knowing how they were toward my parents and then never understanding how my parents could put up with that or deal with that and still like call them family uh is is something i never really reconciled so that was always interesting and then watching them struggle with like them passing away and stuff like that 
never really made sense to me because like to me like if like it doesn't really matter if someone's family like if right. someone is still just repeatedly going to hurt you not an excuse then like they need yeah they need to not be a part of your life so that was always interesting to me and i don't have like a very strong relationship really with either of my parents um and i would say that i probably haven't since i was like 10 or 11 uh but so this 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 does hit like a spot that i can't necessarily like relate to but in a roundabout way can because like in the movie it's like like i would like if i was joy i'd have been done with her like 10 years ago by the seventh you're getting fat (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know or like the oh you don't want to tell your dad that you know this is my girlfriend like the first time that happened i'd have been like well i'm never going to talk to you again so but that's me so like i i I struggle to relate to some of the characters to characters when they are like well family is like the most important thing because like that's also a cultural thing i think um I mean, how many times have we seen, like, you know, a dragon mother in a story about an Asian family? Um, yeah. So I think I, they tend to view family in a different way than we do in the West. Oh, yeah. Like, like pretty much any other, It. I mean, anyone that's not white, right? Like, right. <laughs> a, any any culture that is not, like... Heartless the... like we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You know, because they have those stronger cultural binds. Cause, I mean, because a they have a culture, uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not just NASCAR and Christmas. Um, <laughs> Don't forget the but... Bud Light. Oh yeah, Russell. The Bud did Light. I ever mention how much I love having you on? <laughs> uh, but so so I, I do think it's interesting, and it. it the movie does play on it well. Um, I think it, I think it's very well written. Uh, it, it's not like they threw it in or anything like that. Like it, it, it is part of the story and it drives the story. Um, so I do love that, and I do I, I love everything they do with it. Um, it's just interesting, like relating to it, like the way I relate to it, because I'm just like I don't understand why you would continue to put up with this, but I get that it's like some sort of love thing and based in that. It's complicated. Relationships are complicated. Yeah, for sure. I mean, any interpersonal relationship is complicated. Yeah. Fun stuff all around. (laughs) (laughs) Life is so much work. Nothing matters. But if nothing matters, matters, everything matters. Exactly. (sighs) Sure, Sean, sure. (laughs) It does. Uh, I guess that leads us into uh, our next little bit of it. Um, Let's go into um, absurdism, which (laughs) is basically this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which it, it just means like existence is absurd. Like it really is. And I just one of the things that I so Wayman and the character of Wayman is very much like he's very much a humanist and he's also very much a like kind of absurdist in a lot of ways because he's very much like existence doesn't mean anything but you should also be kind to people which is also kind of the point of the movie (laughs) (laughs) I can very much get on board behind that you should always be kind and rewind 
Yeah. <laughs> Haven't heard those words put together in a while. Uh, That's a good movie. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking blockbuster, but I'm old. Uh, <laughs> although the movie was good too. I Isn't that the one where they were like remaking the movies because they accidentally yeah. deleted them all? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been years since I've I didn't see that. Bootlegged one. every movie in a video store. Ah, yeah. it's such a sweet little movie. Aww. And then they remake them all, like with like four dollars and some change. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they have like Die Hard, and it's just them like jumping around and doing stuff. <laughs> this sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, it, Dude, if I gotta... remember right, it was so much fun. Yeah, you got to watch that. That's such a it's 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 a lot of fun. It, it's just like a sweet movie. I'll uh, check that out next time I'm in the mood for something sweet. It happens which about one, once a month. Which is never. <laughs> once a month, I'll watch something sweet. This was this was mine for May. <laughs> it's Jack Black and Yasin Bey. Maybe I'll finally see my Jack Black role that I like. Uh, have you not seen Mario yet? I have not seen Mario yet. Oh, well, it'll be your Jack Black role that you like. <laughs> I don't hate him <laughs> in The Holiday, out. and I think he is quite good in King Kong. Um, I've never seen House of Rock. House of Rock? Rock? You mean School of Rock? Rock? Yeah, that was, see? I'm, Did you just <laughs> say Pool Rock? No. Dude, School, School of Rock's amazing. That's like yeah. that's one of my favorite Jack Black movies. Yeah, that's the Jack Black, Jack Black role I have not seen, and that a lot of people say would make me really like him. Yeah. He's just a great fucking dude or at least as far as uh, what we know right now he's a great dude i hope it stays that way (laughs) you never fucking know apparently (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree he just he just seems like such a good dude um but yeah i mean going back into the movie a little bit more absurdism is essentially like the world lacks any meaning and existence has no reason and that's okay which is something I'm still trying to get over. <laughs> uh, and so in another movie that I really feel really, like really tackles this theme, but it does it in the much more, well, sad way is uh, Melancholia. Oh, um, Melancholia is so good. It's so depressing. Yeah. Have you ever seen Melancholia, Russell? I have not. I actually do need to watch that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what happens in it, though, right? Greatest portrayal of depression I've ever seen. Kirsten Dunst is phenomenal. Yeah, she's really good at it. But it is so hard to watch. And it's very much, it deals with a lot of, like, existential themes like this and, like, absurd. But it deals with, like, the absurdism. But it also takes it in a very... (sighs) It takes it in a very, like, pragmatic, but also nihilistic way. Whereas, like, this Bunch movie... is best film, hands down, by far. Um, and it's... Whereas this movie balances its nihilism with, like, you know, like, optimism in a lot of ways. Sentimentality. That mo- <laughs> I don't think it's just sentimentality. I do think it's also optimism, because joy or like evelyn chooses to go back like she chooses hope and optimism like she because she realizes that yes there are many bad moments but you can't allow the bad moments to just be the ones you focus on like 
if you focus on only the bad, you receive only bad. You'll never see the good in it. And I think that's that's one of the things, at least to me, that's what this movie is trying to say, is if you focus yeah. on er- on everything that's dark, and it's exactly why Jobu has the the you know the darker bagel like her she does she has very little light she doesn't see it because the darkness is what surrounds it and wayman sees the good with the darkness in the middle and i think that's it's such a like stark like analogy my god i cannot english today um it's such a stark analogy for just optimism versus nihilism and like i said i you should watch melancholia be prepared to be depressed um (laughs) very because it is i watched it and i was just like that but if you are already depressed when you're watching it it's weirdly comforting yeah i'm into that yeah well, because it's very much like nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. and, and you can't do anything about it, so that's okay, so don't worry about it. Yeah. And the world's ending in a few days. It's fine. Yeah, I was like, it's like the don't worry, be happy of depressing movies, and I don't know how it it does it so well. Um, but yeah, that was uh, th- that movie really made me think, like, it's like kind of like the dark side of this one not in a like bad way but it's very much it deals with a lot of the same themes but in much darker tones yeah it's the movie i relate to most on the planet like if anybody wanted to know who i am i'd be like kirsten dunst and melancholia that's me like a hundred percent you really are a lot of people in movies (laughs) that would be the one that i'm like literally just like wow that's uh that's me that is true. It is one of the movies I do think of you when I think of you. <laughs> Aw, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, you guys want to hit some uh, of our favorite absurd moments in this while we're on the topic of absurdism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, hit us with an absurd moment. I mean, hot liked. dog fingers. <laughs> Specifically when they're putting them in each other's mouths. And then there's ketchup and mustard. Oh. Yeah. I was it's... like, are they full on having sex in their world right there? That like, I think it... that's what that looks like then. Yeah. There. <laughs> there's My definitely God. like something coming out of the hot dogs at one shot. <laughs> Ugh, I just know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, those were those were not CGI fingers. Those were prosthetic, like gloves, like they Gross. put on Good. gloves with like, hot dogs. On it's them. so upsetting. And the, you know, at the beginning they do the two thousand when they show the hot dog finger people and they show the two thousand one moment. Yeah. Um, so that's the director Daniel Shiner. This is wonderful. <laughs> Which I think is just funny. Um. Okay, so this moment absolutely disgusts me, but the point where Wayman eats that piece of gum. Oh my god, I like yeah. physically was like, <laughs> I figured I was in the theater and I went, <laughs> and I literally went at, to like a, a eight o'clock or seven o'clock show, I think, and in the theater there were four people, including me. 
<laughs> oh, there were so a... many people when I went and saw this. Did I see it oh, twice? I'm... Did I just go see it once? I don't remember. But yeah, there was and a lot of people, at I least went, one of them. And the dude looked at me, and I was like, ugh, ugh. I could not. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's not an absurd moment. That's just disgusting. <laughs> uh, closely followed by when she sticks her finger in Gong Gong's mouth. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yes. I just love how many times, like, Wayman and Joy are just like, what are they doing? Like, oh, I think if she does something ridiculous, she gets special powers. <laughs> I was going to say, I think an honorable mention is, is when Wayman eats the chapstick because it's like the first. <laughs> Like, cause the movie is kind of weird, and then he just like, it still feels pretty random that he just like eats a tube of chapstick. Oh my god! And so yes. watching it the first time, I was like, "What in the actual fuck yeah. is he doing?" And then they explain it to you, but th- that moment is is like pivotal, I think, for like the tipping point of the movie about to be batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah, be like, you oh. think this is weird? Wait till you see somebody launch themselves onto a butt plug uh, trophy. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh so if you guys haven't watched it, Cinema Sense did a everything everywhere wrong or everything everywhere wrong with everything everywhere all at once. Uh and it's like the best episode they've ever done. Uh but <laughs> but but there's this point where they show like one of the different like I think the one where she has to tell Deirdre that she loves her and mean it, like one of the statistical chances is like lick your own elbow, and it's just like, how is that a statistical chance? <laughs> like <laughs> you cannot lick your own elbow unless you have a tongue like venom. <laughs> is that what? Wait, is that related to when uh, he says? That one of your other options is to break your arm. Is that what he's talking about? I guess I don't know. Break your own break arm. Your and arm then take like a nap. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like breaking. If you broke your arm, you could lick your elbow. Oh my god! I just imagine your arm just hanging like Harry's when the bones get taken off. And what is it? Three, <laughs> two. I don't remember. Uh, and he's just like, oh god, no! That just sounds insane. Insane. <laughs> um also on the hot dog fingers um hot dog finger sexy dance um oh you, you mean when they're just like slapping the fingers slapping on the t- I mean, fingers also like hot dog fingers sexy dance is not a sentence i ever thought i would utter in my life but here we are <laughs> love uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, I also want to point out when <laughs> one of the skills she learned, she starts speaking in bird calls, and I found yeah. that extremely funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just her, <laughs> but it came up with subtitles. <laughs> it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life, and it's somehow just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I cried watching this movie again. <laughs> I I will say I will I will admit this as much fun as I've made you for made of you for crying and being sentimental. I did I did not cry, but I teared up three times. Uh can I guess those times? 
Um, I know one of them I put in the notes, but yes. Yes, that was the one I was going to start with. Um, and it was that was my favorite women line and is uh, in another life. I would have loved to just do laundry and taxes with you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how romantic, but sad, but romantic. And uh, yeah, so good. Um, uh, OK, what do you think the second one was? Uh, is it when she lets joy go and joy go joy's talking and or she's just like i will always want after she tries to let joy go and evelyn is explaining and she's like i will always always want to be here with you uh that was the last time i teared up you missed one the other one was um when she I tells guess. gong oh go go what do you think the what do you think one was when the joy rock falls off the cliff no <laughs> that made me laugh oh uh, the other one I teared up was when she was talking to Gong Gong and said, I am no longer willing to do to my daughter what you did to me. And it's okay if you can't be proud of me because I finally am. That Ooh. was, uh, yeah, that's that one good. got me. Am I crying it? Yeah, that's real good. <clears throat> that was, uh, yeah, those were the three times I teared up. I have a heart. No. It's very manipulative writing. Blame it on that. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, have you ever seen the original, like the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like the animated one, not the one with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. Not, uh, well, you know when they show the X-ray and it's like the tiny little heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I imagine Clayton. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just that tiny little heart, and then they're all like, "Oh, it grows three sizes." So I'm like, "No, his won't." But one like, and a half. He does at have most. one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it it might fit better in that X-ray, but it ain't coming out of it. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to point out, um, <laughs> what was, um, Kung Fu looks so cool. Can we all agree on this? Um, especially with your pinky finger. Yeah. And a Fuck fanny yeah. pack. Fanny pack was badass in this. Dude, fanny pack fight scene. Love yeah. It. Absolutely and phenomenal. And Ki Hoi Kwan did, is also a, uh, uh, stunt choreographer. So he did all of his own stunts for that. Same with oh, Michelle Yeoh. Awesome. Well, her I figured. Because, you know, Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Action star Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have seen also, her dance in tree fight in treetops with swords. <laughs> also, did you see the Crazy Rich Asians poster? Uh, I did not. Oh, so the scene where she... A lot of the scenes where she's supposed to be like movie star Evelyn um, were taken where, where Michelle was actually at an event and one of them she's standing in front of a crazy rich asians poster oh awesome oh so um, our world is also part of the multiverse hope you enjoy well, of that. course all the worlds are part of the multiverse if everyone one has herpes it's like nobody has herpes <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> the only other thing i really really wanted to um point out that i just greatly loved was when <laughs> Gigi Chewbacca, um, <laughs> when she gets shot, her and different she's, names, and, she, and she's like, "It's organic, um, iconic." <laughs> Stephanie, she's just line delivery, and also when she got hurt, and she's like, "Ow, ow!" <laughs> <laughs> just wonderful, love it. Um, what is it, you guys? favorite moment in the movie i already said that my favorite <laughs> scene was the rocks my favorite moment is the nails changing 
when she's like running her fingers down the thing and her nail color is changing all of her nails. Ooh. Really like it. What about y'all? Um, well, I mean, my favorite moment is the I will always, always be there, want to be there with you. Um, okay. I know. Shut <laughs> up. Shut <laughs> up. It just makes me. <laughs> like it just makes me so like oh i that is the literally i'm fine does it make you feel like Like, you're wrapped in a warm blanket yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then i cry for like a good five minutes straight and i'm just trying to hold my eyes open long enough to finish the movie uh listeners for those of you to understand how um (laughs) sean will have this reaction i will tear up and stuff and you know how I said Mitchell has, you know, the emotional capability of a lizard? He makes fun of me for getting emotional watching things. Like, the Last of Us finale, when I started crying, he's like, are you crying? And I'm like, how are you not crying? Um, yeah, so it can be worse. I'm not the most heartless person. Yeah, I'm a... I'm... I get it. I'm a softie. But, like, I just... I, it. I don't know. This movie just touches something in me. And <laughs> yeah. with this big hot dog finger. <laughs> Russell, what's your favorite? With mustard. Uh, so my my favorite favorite moment I'll I'll give you two. So like my favorite okay. favorite moment is is the uh in another life I didn't I would have enjoyed just doing laundry and taxes with you. Wonderful. That, that whole little alley scene is so fucking beautiful. And feels like a 1940s noir thing, and I love uh-huh. it. And I would love to see the two of them, like do, like some weird noir movie. Like it'd be awesome. But so like that's like my number one favorite like section of the movie. Uh, but dialing in a little little closer, one of my favorite things they do is when uh when when Yobu falls down the stairs. And she changes outfits like fifty times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that is that sh- that shot that scene right there is is just looks so good, and like it's jarring because of what it is. But the way they did it is just like the editing and everything is so. Have amazing you seen the that. editing like tree of this? Uh, like I saw a picture of it around the Oscars of like the editing, like a picture of all the edits and cuts. It's insane. No, I haven't. It is. I imagine insane. Yeah, because there's a couple other scenes that are like that that are that are really good too. Yeah, but like there's that so many one... times I'm like, how did they even do this? Yeah, the magic of movie making. Yeah, yeah. and then the, heartbreak the feels rock good in a place is... like this. <laughs> <laughs> and the the rock scene is super great, and I'm really glad they went with the text on screen as opposed to dialogue. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. I like it. When you told me that, I was like trying to even imagine that scene with dialogue and it does not work. No. And yeah. I, I, it just, I love it so much. Like, that... you're, you're, just be a rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's so simple, but it, it means a lot. <laughs> like, like, it is funny. I, I, I don't disagree that it's funny, but it, there's also like so much it's it's so wild to me like how hard that scene hits oh, like yes. just as a general like like that pulls in the existential i think that's that's one of the more existential 
existentially dreaded scenes. Which is why movie. I love it so much, and it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something we haven't touched on um, is Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, she Phenomenal. is so good in this movie. Um, like I said, I don't believe... I think she's really, really good, and... But I do think Stephanie Hsu definitely deserves the Oscar, in my opinion. Yeah, Stephanie Hsu's performance rocks circles around Jamie Lee Curtis, in my personal opinion. But I do really like Jamie Lee's performance, and her costuming and style is just chef's kiss. It's hysterical. I love it. Also, like, a lot of the costume, like, the costume for, like, Deirdre, 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 Bobeirdre. Deirdre Beardra, uh, her the like a lot of the costuming or like a lot of the little aspects of it were actually Jamie Lee Curtis's ideas. Um, apparently they saw a picture of an IRS like I know agent. I saw that she was based on the real person and they were just like that's the one. <laughs> uh, the image of her like leaping off the staircase <laughs> down. <laughs> wonderful i it makes me really happy and uh also quite like her story about driving her kia forte through uh her neighbor's through his kitchen, kitchen. <laughs> mm-hmm. cold unlovable bitches like us that make the world go round. would well, you guys want to get stoned with deirdre like michelle you does at the end <laughs> well do yes. you think it was a weed one or do you think it was just a vape? oh it was weed because remember she was like i feel like i'm 14 again and then like a minute later you see uh michelle yo like cackling laying her head on jamie lee curtis's chest they were definitely uh vaping some 420 <laughs> they were part taken yeah the wacky tobacco <laughs> the devil's lettuce laganja estranja yes that- <laughs> That last one is a drag queen. <laughs> um, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, I just want to know if you'd know. <laughs> uh, she's Sean, very did weed you really oriented. think I would know that? <laughs> I don't know. She's very weed oriented. So are you. I don't know. Maybe you're running the same circle. Mm-hmm. If I ever run into you, don't. Her, you it's know. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes i mean i do love jamie lee curtis i and i think jamie lee curtis is very much a she has a very uh, like at moments her performance is very like loud and boisterous but that's like as the character gets but i think the character is very much kind of understated like she keeps talking about how she's like employee of the month so you know like she dedicates a lot of time <laughs> you don't get one of those unless you've seen a lot of shit <laughs> right <laughs> And I mean, she just, she plays it, she plays it so well because you could, you could easily not like Deirdre and like you do by the end of it. She's, she becomes more human. She's not just like, you know, like the evil IRS agent out to get them. She's a human person. And I think that that's another thing this movie is teaching you is like everyone's life. Everyone has a live outside life outside of you. Um, Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> I know. We have to. <laughs> Rude. Um, there's actually a ru- a word for it, I believe, in German. I think it... Uh, there is. I don't remember what it is, but uh, there is a word for I that. I can't remember. 
the realization that other people have lives as complex and meaningful as your own. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what the name it is. I have to look it up, otherwise it's going to drive me crazy. Sonder! Yes, yes, that is the one. Sonder, the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. Is it Sonder or like Cinder? Is, does, it, does the O have the S-O-N-D-R. No, it does not have an umlaut. Okay. It's just Sonder. I just wanted to say the word umlaut. Umlaut. <clears throat> Let's go to Deutschland. <laughs> I have always wanted to go to Deutschland. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and but I just... <sighs> this movie really makes me feel kind of like seen in some ways. And I'm, you know, like, not that I'm in it, but like, <laughs> you know, like, but like, I, I don't know. It just, it makes me feel a little bit less alone in the universe and i think that's one of the reasons i love it so much is i feel i feel less alone and i like that aspect of it the biggest question i have do you think she found a universe where she's really good at taxes (sighs) (laughs) um (laughs) yes only because there has to be one Of course, she finished her taxes and got hit by a truck, but at least the taxes were done correctly. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like the multiverse couldn't let her live with that knowledge. <laughs> you no one in any off? universe understands taxes. <laughs> yeah. she, fi- she figured it out, and the multiverse was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she has to go. <laughs> We're gonna have to make her make her like a rock and get get her out of here. So, is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we give our ratings? Which is what I've been dying to hear because Russell famously has never given a movie five stars. So, um, very curious <laughs> to get to that. But do you have anything else you want to touch on, either of you? No, I think it's I. There's just so much about this movie. Like I said. I wish we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours, but I just, what I really wanted to talk about was some of the themes and just how much this movie meant to me. Like I immediately bought it when it came out and I watched it multiple times and every time I'm left feeling with the same feeling and it's, well, for lack of a better word, joy. It just makes me feel happy. I just wish everyone could get along. And... <laughs> I really do want world peace. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Okay, yeah, no, that was it for me. <laughs> what about you, Russell? What about you? you? Want to talk about? I just want confirmation that this movie exists in the same universe as Jet Li's The One, and then I want a crossover event. Oh my god. I haven't thought about the one in like twenty years. <laughs> Is that the one You're with Jennifer Love Hewitt? <laughs> no, I think that was the medallion. No. Mm. Yeah. And that's also not Jet Li. <laughs> yeah. I don't Jackie watch <laughs> a lot of the Kung Fu action martial arts action movies, so I <laughs> Yeah, the one is where if uh, I had the poster and could see the face, I would know that it was a different person. (laughs) Yeah, so the one, so Jet Li's the one is 
Uh, it's a, it's kind of like a, it's a multiverse movie, but basically, wow, a before they were stylish, him, yeah, yeah, right. It's a version of him is going to the other universes and killing himself, so he can become more powerful, because as they like for his particular person, like and other several people, like the less of them that exist across the multiverse, like the more power they accumulate and more powerful they become so he's rick sort of i mean rick's just a bastard but (laughs) (laughs) also i'm really surprised you haven't seen it because it has carla gugino Uh uh-uh i have never seen it i I, like i didn't even know what it was about i can picture the cover (laughs) it's it's probably one of jet lee's better american films I'm not going to lie. It always made me think of the Backstreet Boys song. I'll be the one. (laughs) That's a good song. Leave the Backstreet Boys alone. I didn't say it was bad. I'm just saying it reminded me of it. It sounded like there was judgment. (laughs) There is not. You put on Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, and I will show you the meaning of being lonely. Uh, Don't don't have a good time. I had Millennium on Kill TV. everyone he loves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Sorry, I was taking a drink. What did you say? <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. I, I said, so you're going to, like, kill everyone that he loves? <laughs> I mean, uh, jokes that on him. That song is anyone. about murder. No. <laughs> like, everyone thinks it's a love song. That song is about murder. <laughs> I need to listen it, to it again with that yeah, context. Yeah, I don't remember all that. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to put it on the playlist with every breath you take. Got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be watching you. <laughs> I'll be the one. <laughs> I love this, and I feel like my Halloween playlist just got bigger. Uh, <laughs> didn't think I'd be adding Backstreet Boys to it, but I mean, other than everybody, Backstreet's back because that was like the best music video. Yeah, it is. You guys remember that one? <laughs> of course, where I they were all that like one. different monsters. <laughs> monsters, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the movie. Sorry, um, <laughs> Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I feel tricked. I didn't know I was invited to Backstreet Boys podcast. Uh, Surprise! <laughs> I mean, I I'll was... do it. I'll fucking do it as long as it's not in sync. Anyway, yeah, I was oh, a Backstreet Boys I... dude, not an in sync guy. I was more yeah. of an in sync guy, but I like both Ooh. of them a lot. Uh, oh, 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 okay, like I was Britney and Backstreet I... Boys. Sean was Christina and NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> I was Britney and Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I knew I liked I you, Russell. A little bit of J-Lo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's got a little bit of J-Lo. Oh, mine was like Christina, Christina and Sig, Mandy Moore, and Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Destiny's Child. I love Destiny's Child. <laughs> oh, Destiny's Child. Um, so, Sean, what would you think? Race- you- what do you think that Russell will rate this movie? Ooh, good. I was going to say, you were going to ask me what it was. I was like, (laughs) you have to ask. No, Um, Sean, you gave it a five. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I gave it a six, but thank you. Um, I, Russell, you're going to, this is a 4.4. 
do you do point four stuff or do you just go four four point five uh russell does his on a scale of 10 oh gotcha um, yeah i forgot about that uh yeah but i mean i divide it in half yeah for you guys so. yeah yeah so on a scale of one to five russell a 4.4 is real close uh i was actually going to do a 4.5 um man i almost said it (laughs) because i don't (laughs) because i don't i don't particularly have a lot of complaints or yeah i was was gonna say like what what keeps it from being a five for you is what i'm curious about um i think like I think primarily what keeps like as much as I love how absurd the movie is and how ridiculous it is, I do think some of the absurdity of it takes away from some of the poignantness. And I think it I think if they wanted to convey like it has a good balance, so it's good for what it is. But the and the amount of depth is absolutely spectacular laid on top of the amount like how absurd the movie is but i i think with the messaging and everything that they got across with the characters i think if they would have and it's not like they didn't take it seriously because they did Mm -hmm. but at the same time like i think it's not it still doesn't quite play right as much as i love and respect this movie like this movie is straight up my alley um, but it still has, like, it still, it, t- it takes away from the messaging of the movie, I think. Um, I can see that. With, like, how ridiculous the movie is. Now, like I said, on top of that, I love it. I love how ridiculous the movie is. But it would be a much different watch if they would have taken the entire movie seriously. Um... And I think, honestly, I would have enjoyed it more, even though this is, like, probably one of my favorite movies. It could have very potentially been, like, one of the best movies ever made, which it's already probably on top 100, I would say, of best movies ever made. But And then with that, I think the movie's too short. (laughs) Oh, see, I think it feels a little long. That's funny. (laughs) Um. Well, because like when you get to the, because it's very clearly split up into three. Like it, it tells you what actor. Yes, and right. The first one is super so like, long. The second one is like you know, normal act. Yeah. And then so the like, last one's like two minutes. Yeah. So like the third act is like had to have been cut short from the original script. I feel like because there's I still like that. there's still a lot that they could have done with these themes, and I would have very much think this movie would have been justified at two hours and forty minutes. And like another twenty minutes, so that way yeah, you this can is a movie expound. That would justify that more. Yeah, so that way you can expound on that third act, and even maybe give us a little bit of closure, because like, well, I, I guess a little bit more closure, because we get like a little bit of closure, but after everything we've gone through, like during the time frame of the movie, I don't feel like there's enough closure for the movie. I think that ending amount of closure we get is it's still walking that fine line between nihilism and optimism like it gives you just enough hope for it to end on a hopeful note but still like acknowledging that you know life sucks yeah but but it also does that like it it kind of it gives you the more like hey at least to me i i took away more of the optimism and i think it would have been interesting to still leave the question open because like they give you an answer, 
like the answer at the end of the movie is be optimistic like it will work out and like just that feels like wrong for the rest of the movie in a way like while while it is still like heartwarming and heartfelt and a good ending it 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 almost feels like it dips too far into the hey just be optimistic side as opposed to letting it linger and mm-hmm. leaving you with the question to decide yeah now that you've said that i agree I will keep my score. I'm giving for as much shit as I've given this and given Sean. Um, this is a five star movie to me. Like it's amazing. I don't know what I would change about it. Um, I don't always connect to the sentimentality of it, but it's very well construction constructed and acted, and I enjoy it a lot. And I mean, right is a tiny box invented by people who are afraid. So, uh, who am I to uh, criticize? It being heartwarming, because clearly that works for people. Cough, cough, Sean. Um, <laughs> and just me. Yeah. <laughs> Only um, me. But yeah, I think it's five. Any movie that has the line, the bagel will show you the true nature of things. <laughs> just, I just love any movie that has Rock saying, ha 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 Yes. <laughs> and Rock's wearing googly eyes, chasing another Rock yeah. over a ledge. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I just love. She says, "I'm gonna get you." <laughs> and I love Jenny Slate. So the fact that we see Jenny Slate kicking a Pomeranian um, <laughs> just warms there, warms my heart. I love how she has like such a good happy. relationship with A24 too. Yeah, like because like uh, Marcel, justice for this... a- justice for Marcel. No, they uh, they should have had a scene where she like a multiversal thing where she <gasps> is Marcel. Oh, yeah, yeah, truly a missed opportunity. <laughs> oh, I take it back. This is a four. <laughs> no Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> but at least Marcel got his own movie. Did it's really cute. I liked Marcel. That was so one of sweet. my favorite movies of last. And you like that. that movie? That one's sentimental too. It's so cute. <laughs> 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 give me so much bagel. I really so much fucking shit. See, that made me cry. I cried at Marcel the snout. Marcel the shell with shoes on. Um, what? It's so. I haven't seen like, it yet. Oh, it's so good, Russell. You can you can watch it on my video. It's wonderful. It's so good. Cassie would even yeah. like it. It's cute. It's so cute. Um, Mitchell even thought it was cute. So you know it's a charming story. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we've got a fives and a four and a half on everything we're all at once. This is Which, the highest for the movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> even on Letterboxd, this movie has the highest rating I have ever seen on there. It's got a 4.4. 4. Wow. Like, usually the best you can hope for is a 3.9. Uh, it's got a 4.4. 4. I don't well, know if seen it's the a, top of things. What was it, a 4.2? I think we saw a 4.2 for something. I don't remember what it was, but I do think we saw a 4.2. Yeah, we should I've start writing those 4. in here. Write <laughs> <laughs> them in our notes. <laughs> so, Sean, money, tell me about it. It made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it was a budget of about uh, 14.3 million and it grossed over 140.2. So it made a hundred. Oh, 10 times a lot of money. budget. <laughs> yeah. About 10 times his budget. Always a success. 
It is, Love to see and it. I believe it is still the highest, uh, the highest grossing A twenty four film. Oh, it has to be. Uh, I still think this is such a weird Best Picture winner. I'm happy to see it, but it's so odd see, for a movie like, like this to win Best Picture. But I was like, happy though. I. Uh, I don't know. I I'm getting even tired though I would have like given it to Tar personally, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just tired of like them picking the same stuff. Like, uh, like that's one this of the was things remarkably like, like what one won last year. Not in like the tone, but they were both like about a uh, marginalized group dealing with intergenerational trauma and a heartwarming ending. Because you know the year before that was the girl that was a singer that lived in a deaf family that won. It was very cute. So maybe next year we'll get a really nasty Best Picture winner. That's all I can hope right. for. And that's the thing is like it. This does feel in a lot of ways like kind of anti Oscars in some ways. Like everyone's really good, but like how many times have you seen and like what is considered an action movie really get like? Oh, Oscar never. Nominated. That's why I said I think this is a super weird. I like. I'm so happy it did, but it's just weird. <laughs> Like, it's kind of, it reminds me of, like, The Silence of the Lambs or, you know, like, movies that, like, they really... <laughs> We're never going to see A Silence of the Lambs again. Horror is never going to win Best Picture again in our lifetimes. I would uh, love to be proven wrong on that, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, once all the older voters start to die. Um, <laughs> and that's... I know that's rude, but it's just, like, same people just voting for the same shit. And, like, I just... I don't like watching the Oscars because I usually can predict who's going to win. And like I did, I was going to say I, Michelle Yeoh was my choice. I really wanted her to win. And I knew she, it was between her and of course, Kate and Kate too. I had my money on. Yeah. And I really thought they were going to give it to Kate. I'm glad they didn't, um, but they made up for it by giving it to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Even though they <laughs> robbed Stephanie. She, yeah, um, Stephanie, Russell, if people want to get a hold of you or check out your podcast or, you know, give you suggestions of a movie they think you might rate five stars, uh, where can they find you? Tell us about your podcast. Uh, We have a couple of shows on our feed. Uh, One is a movie review. Uh, One is a weekly weekly episode where we discuss... Uh, kind of entertainment news and what we've been watching lately, and we usually play a game at the end. Uh, and then another, the, one of the other shows uh, is um, a couple of the guys uh, from our network do uh, basically pick different topics for the letters drafty uh, and then uh, assign topics to those letters accordingly and discuss those for the week. Um, so that content kind of changes every week too. Um, and you can find all of that searching Drafty Quarters Podcast Network on anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And then uh, getting a hold of us is as easy as emailing us at draftyq at gmail.com or just messaging us on social media. And where can they find you on social media? What are your uh, little names on there? Usernames. Uh, just searching Drafty Quarters Productions and or Drafty Q usually pops up. You are really easy to find. It's quite wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to um, make it kind of unique. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> it's very helpful. I don't. <laughs> uh, ours are a little bit longer. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
uh, if you want to find us on the socials, we are on Twitter. Our podcast uh, page is at Triple M Pod with three M's. You can find Sean and I on Twitter and Letterboxd. I am at Just Happy to See You, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean, your username is Murph the Smurf, M U R P H T H E S M U R P H. We're also on Instagram at Triple M Pod with three M's. We're on Facebook. We have a page and a group, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies and Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies and You. If you want to email us uh, anything that's too long to do on social media or something you just want to do privately, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. And yeah, those are all the places you can find us. So what are we watching next week, Clayton? Because it's your I'm pick. So glad you asked, Sean. We are watching Michael <laughs> Haneke's uh remake of his own film for American audiences, uh Funny Games. You know, super light watch. Oh gosh. Man, we really did pick a couple of weeks, didn't we? <laughs> like, I'm it so was like excited. super joyful, and then we're going to super dark. <laughs> I love funny games. Um, yeah, and please don't forget to give us maybe a five-star rating review. If you have time, it helps the algorithms a lot and makes us feel really, really good. It's the little things. Don't forget to be kind to people. Like this movie says, times are hard. You never know what people are going through. And Russell... Thank you so much for coming to talk with us again about this. I love hearing your thoughts on things and trying to get you on for something you might give a five. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks well, for having me. Have you me. seen Casablanca? <laughs> <laughs> Not in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen it before. What, did, what would you rate it? Oh, I, it's been a long, long time. It's been like 15 years, 20 yeah, years probably I since I watched Casablanca. that. I have seen you seen The forever. Godfather? I have recently seen The Godfather. Ew, it is did you... not. This is not a five star movie. <laughs> no, it is no, not a five star movie. No, but part two is. Uh, one's um, actually the best. Fun I fact: think. Uh, Really, I was, yeah. I was so oh, bored two. by The Godfather. I never even went on to watch part two. Also, Aliens is a five. It's a full ten movie for you, Sean. Let aliens go. <laughs> I know. I will never let it go. <laughs> It's my favorite film of all time. I will bring it up whenever I can. Just like you bring up Yellow Jackets in every TV show you're watching. Uh, no, it's what's on my mind. Yeah, I did um, want to ask you, how the hell did you get like past like four or five episodes of Succession? <laughs> oh my god. So uh, the first episode, I had a little bit of a hard time getting into. But by the end of the first episode, and definitely by the end of the second, I was 110% in on it like That's i'm not so a big binging fan like i famously like hate the binge model of things and obviously succession is week to week but i'm just not watching it so i've been binging it and like yeah. the first day i started watching it i watched 11 episodes in a row how, fucking how clayton i don't understand <laughs> i couldn't stop i was so tired like i literally couldn't stop it was so good i'm like i cannot wait to see what happens next like i never thought i would be like on the edge of my seat around a the outcome of like a board meeting but here we are um it's phenomenal i watched I, I watched three episodes and i was like i hate uh, everything about okay this. russell i would say <laughs> give it another chance and watch through episode six see how you feel about it by the end of episode six because Jesus i feel like there's Christ. six hours there's of it before six i'm engaged hours no i'm saying there's a, there's several moments throughout the first season that people say that like 
they got invested and it's either like yeah but seasons but episode six is like the last point where people are like if they weren't already completely on board by the end of episode six they were oh yeah give up six hours of your life if you're not in it by then you'll never Sean, be how many it, times apparently. do we tell people to just get like the whole entire first season of buffy like, no i tell people episodes. to skip the first season and go straight to the second like, <laughs> like i'm not an idiot start with two same there with anatomy you don't need to learn buffy but anyway yes, there are other conversation for another time <laughs> but like buffy at least is fun like yeah it's stupid but it's stupid fun like secession is just a bunch of awful people doing awful stuff yeah it's so like, compelling <laughs> yeah but for six hours if you are not involved in it that's when you're gonna know you're not involved in it like that and that's just... not what i said for me but like all the people i mean that are super into it like some of them have said like it was episode six because you know the people are so awful and everything oh don't worry like, if you know, almost finished the first season and you don't like it then you're just not gonna like it <laughs> like why don't you just watch the whole first season if it's not for you don't watch anymore I mean, you'll never get that uh, time back another four hours that's um it is time very well spent it's very compelling television i would put it up there in the greats <laughs> along with you know like the sopranos and six feet under um oh, re- like really days. it's very very good but uh until next week when we're talking about you know funny games <laughs> we're talking about funny games not yeah. session. i swear yes. i'm sorry yeah i mean i might talk about succession because i'll probably have just finished my binge when we record that um <laughs> And since apparently I always bring up what, I, what TV I'm watching. Um, you do. Yeah, until until next time, everybody. Oh, and bye, everyone. I, before before I say goodbye, even though I already said goodbye, um, I will be over on Russell's podcast in a couple weeks talking about the Evil Dead Rises. So that'll be a good. Yeah. Time. Ooh. Yeah. And thanks again, Russell, for being with us. We do enjoy. We always enjoy having you on. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for having me. All right. For real, and I'm really leaving. Really leaving now. Goodbye.